Paul Scott is a Senior Integrations Engineer at Ravelin. He was previously the technical co-founder at Judil, another investment in both Passion and Flayfair. Paul is part of the core cool team responsible for successful integrations and to get our clients off the ground and going. When he's not talking to clients, you can find him playing the drums or on his motorcycle. for being a guest on our Ravelin Ford Academy podcast. Um, so I just want to start with a little bit about you and your role at Ravelin. Uh, my role at Ravelin is to help clients use our products effectively for good fraud prevention. Uh, that covers making sure that the data coming into us is suitable for use in our products and covers planning on, making, on getting that data into our systems. Wonderful. So can you Talk me through the phases of integration. So what's the first conversation you usually have with customers and merchants? The first thing that we talk about with a merchant is their goals. What are they coming to Ravelin for us to help with? Usually fraud prevention, working with chargeback rates. For more established merchants, that's often payment flow optimization, so minimizing 3DS for genuine customers. And we start off by ascertaining what these goals are in order to know how we're going to measure our performance and how far and how complete an integration we need to do in order to attain those results. Once we've put together a plan of what data we're going to collect where from the, from the merchant in their payment flow, uh, we talk a bit about what historic data we can collect, what we're going to need, uh, and then we talk about um, the process that we're going to go through in order to actually get this live. So if a merchant is moving from an existing provider to Ravelin, uh, talk about how we measure that. Um, the development phases are then uh, we instrument the merchant's apps with various places to send Ravelin data about the payment attempts, about the customers operating on the website. We look at how we track devices, uh, get that live start measuring its performance, put in the historic data, uh, and when everyone's happy, we start acting on Ravelin's recommendations real-time in that customer flow and start affecting um, the customer journey. And you mentioned historical data, and it's something that, you know, in the office we, we talk about quite a lot. Um, why is that important? Why is obtaining that data important? Uh, the crux of it is that historical data is necessary for Ravelin to stop letting the same fraudsters operate on your website again. Um, but we use it in a, a bunch of different ways and it covers quite a breadth of different topics. Uh, so from historical data we're looking to see um, payment attempts that have been made in your, in your product. So that's whether failed or successful, we want to know who has attempted to buy what and how they wanted to pay for it. Um, sometimes not all of that data is available, um, but having that gives us the best results. With that then, we'd of course look for the list of chargebacks. Um, that puts a bit of a limitation on how small a window we can look at. So ideally six months plus of historical data will give us a good number of chargebacks. Depending on the size of the merchant, we can maybe do with a bit more or a bit less. With that historical data, we begin training models specific to the merchant. We have a lot of models already um, built of a kind of 
composite of various different industries data and we can use these to fairly good effect but the best results come from fine-tuning models based on solely the merchant's own data but we also take that historical data and build graph networks of who has bought what and how and with that uh, we start building out these wonderful networks of fraudulent activity that merchants who have previously only been operating with rules and blacklists have never seen. And we see this really scary picture of what chargebacks have been missed by the solutions that people are coming to us from. And for the merchant, what skill sets do you think they should bring to the integrations process? Um, so, in order for us to go through those phases successfully, the really important starting point is to have someone who can walk us through their payment flow. Uh, it often varies by market for some of the larger merchants, so being able to talk through the various permutations of that payment flow is really important. Knowing how the uh, card data gets from the customer's browser or the app they have installed to the PSP and where in that process the merchant says we want to off X amount we potentially want to use 3DS. Knowing that journey uh, is critical in order for us to plan where Revlon fits in, where we get the data uh, and also how we can affect that journey, what options we have. If you want to target Dynamic 3DS for example then we need to be pre-off. With that information, with someone who can kind of champion and guide that information, uh, that planning, that feeds into the skill set of the developers. Revlon's API is a JSON-based HTTP API, um, so some familiarity with how we can operate with those at scale is essential. Um, we typically guide uh, development teams into logging certain things, measuring certain things in the metric system, um, and then help with a little QA around what that data should look like. Um, bringing that together then, the one really important skill set is having someone championing, championing the project. And what decision on the payment flow um, should the merchant have already made? Um, so coming from the goals then of the, the project, be that reducing the block rates, uh, reducing the 3DS rate or combination of the two. It's important that the merchant understands the limitations of their payment flow and whether those may need changed. Uh, if, for example, you're using a hosted payment page, you typically have to decide upfront before knowing what card is going to be used uh, whether or not you want to use 3DS. And in a PSD2 world, that doesn't really make sense uh, because you have to take into account, uh, into account these cross-border fraud rates. So we typically advise in that case that you'd have to make a change. So is there a checklist of things that people should have decided prior to integration? Certainly. Coming from the goals that we've set for the projects, whether that's reducing the chargeback rates or reducing the 3DS rates or both, we can pinpoint where in the payment flow it is that Revlon needs to be integrated and identifying that early on, um, which we're happy to help with, of course, um, is very important. Um, that validates that we have the potential to actually reach those goals. And what is the most important data that you get? So Revlon as a system 
doesn't work with a, a little understanding of knowing who the customer is. Um, even if this is going through anonymous checkout, we still create a concept of a customer. Uh, and we do that because Ravelin works quite holistically over all of the data that we collect about who is buying what. Uh, on every customer, we will attach um, all of the orders. And when we look at a single transaction that we are assigning a risk score to, we look at those purchase attempts of the customer, we look at the connected accounts that they are uh, associated with, um, and the best way to get results from Ravelin is to send us a bit of data across the spectrum. So a little bit of customer data, a bit of order data, um, and feedback on whether or not these payment attempts are successful in form of transactions. The most important data that we can get is chargebacks. That's the thing that we're trying to prevent in most cases, right? That's a, our indication of how well or how bad a job that we're doing for a merchant. In order to, to do anything with that chargeback data, we need quite a lot of complementary data in order for it to make sense and in order for us to learn from the chargebacks that we get. For every chargeback then, what we want to know is what card it came from, who the customer was and what they, what they bought. But we don't just want to know who's buying what and how for fraudulent transactions. We also want to know for genuine, uh, legitimate orders. Um, and that's so that we can uh, separate the good customers from the bad customers, uh, minimizing the impact uh, for people who are making genuine purchases um, and introducing frictions for customers potentially defrauding the merchant. We like to start the integration with uh, reporting and logging and actually wiring into the payment flow with very little data so that we can introduce that data from across. We like to start with the uh, hooking into the, the checkout process uh, with just a little bit of data, usually around customer identity, and then start layering in the data from the order, from the customer, um, from the payment method. And that means that we're able to kind of phase in this, these results for merchants who are integrating their first fraud prevention solution, that means we can get results really early. Uh, and then we can bring in historical data later to bolster that. For merchants coming from existing providers who want to make sure that Raveling is doing as good a job, if not better, then we start in the same way, but we'll typically get much further through the data before we start acting on Raveling's recommendations. And I want to talk a little bit about success. Um, how should a new customer measure success in terms of the implementation? So this is a really important part of moving safely from an existing fraud solution to Revlin. As part of the integration, we'll discuss with merchants what they should be logging and where, which is what decision they ultimately made and why, um, according to their existing solution and any internal rules they have of course, which transaction or which order we're talking about and what Ravelin would have recommended. We'll then take that historic log and look at ultimately a bit further down the line, where did we get chargebacks? Where did we not get chargebacks? Where did Ravelin disagree with the existing provider? And how often do we prefer Ravelin's recommendation? Um, and touch with thus far, we've usually gotten a pretty damn good chargeback rate by comparison. Wonderful. And what would you say is the key to a successful implementation? Defining uh, a good goal early on um, allows us to prioritize 
uh, what data to collect, um, when to ship, when we're happy. Um, it's a bit of a measuring post by which everything else follows. In the case of merchants who are coming to Ravelin for the first time, that can just be better than nothing. In the case of merchants with an existing fraud provider, it can be defining at what level of fraud prevention versus uh, chargeback rate Ravelin is cost effective and better experience for their users. So for me, that goal is key. Okay, so part of our quick fire round, what's your favourite integration term? Oh, well, internally we like to refer to the act of committing fraud as fraudulation. I think that's probably my favourite. Favourite part of the job? Uh, my favourite part is just getting people live using Revlin. And favourite thing about Revlin? Favourite thing about Revlin? Uh, knowing that we have pretty kick-ass product. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for being on our podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.